For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Stewardship Through Respect with your host, Holly Wells. The model of being overworked, stressed out, and oblivious to the world around us is no longer viable. We need to become engaged and take an active stand for those issues that are important to us. Get ready to engage and interact with our discussion. Now, here is Holly Wells. Hello, welcome to Stewardship Through Respect. This is our program launch, so I did just want to take a few moments and just talk about our sponsor. Our sponsor is I Love Nature. It's a nonprofit. It was created specifically to promote sustainable living. And I am the founder and president of I Love Nature. And I feel it's very critical at this time for all of us to really understand and incorporate sustainability into our lifestyles. We're all global citizens, all of us. We live in a single, it's one giant interconnected ecosystem. And what happens in one area of the world, it really impacts us all. So really, my mission is to explore and share ways to improve our personal health and the health of the planet. So we must really become engaged and take an active stand. I feel that every day we do that by we vote with our dollars and we vote with our voice. So amongst that, personal health and environmental awareness, they're critical elements to our survival. If you just visit ilovenature.com, you can see that there's really quick action steps that make up the word respect, hence the program named Stewardship Through Respect. So I'd like to, at this point, turn our attention to today's guest. Today, we will have Louise Finlison joining us, and she's going to share her insights on a program that she's created called The Art of Conscious Living. I love the program name, and I love the fundamental concepts. We've spoken earlier, and I'd love to just right now jump right in with Louise. She is a clinical psychologist. She is a transformational coach and a workshop and retreat leader. So I really think it's best for her to describe the fundamentals just really briefly of her Art of Conscious Living program. Then I'd like to explore them further and then really come up with some examples and some practical ways to implement them. So with that, no further ado, welcome, Louise, to the program. Thank you, Holly. I'm so pleased to be here. Me too. So the um, program of the Art of Conscious Living has, I, is taught from basic um, universal spiritual principles. And the highest of those spiritual principles is love. Uh, and the opposite of love is fear. So when, whenever we go to fear, we essentially are going to separation. So when we get to come back to love, essentially we are in consciousness. Yes. When we're not, when we're afraid, we're in unconsciousness and we're essentially asleep. 
Yes, and that is really what I love when we spoke earlier. I was just saying, wow, I knew, Luis, you were going to be my first guest. I knew this would be fantastic. <laughs> and this, to me, is why it's the cornerstone of everything. So I started yeah. the um, I Love Nature because of that. I really want people to become aware and become engaged. There's just so much out there being shoved at us. I mean, media is great. There's so much out there that we all love. It's so easy to get distracted and just caught up in everything. But unfortunately, with just that overwhelm of everything coming at you, the first thing we do is... We do what's easy and we don't take care of ourselves. And again, that's the first step, as we talked about, is really self-love. So I know you and I really share that in common. So if you wanted to kind of go on that further, I love this concept. Sure. Well, love is is love to self and loving kindness to self and others essentially is the motto. So anything that we talk about, because essentially we're all interrelated, so whatever affects one affects every every one. So if we don't love ourselves, that affects everyone else around us. And so we often think, oh, we'll go out and love somewhere else, someone else, you know, in some other way over there while we're in, like, self-loathing or self-neglect. And that just yes. doesn't work. It really doesn't because we really just resonate. And if we're resonating all this negativity, we really get that back to us. It's to me karma. It's that act of what you send out comes back to you. It's such an old theory. And the reason it's still around is because it's very true. Exactly. Well, you know, all the basic, you know, truth. There's just a few basic truths in the whole world. And, you know, they're very, very simple, but they're not so easy to live. (laughs) Yes, yes. And I know that your program is going to help us with that. And so um, let's just jump into one of the items that you talked about. There's so many that we talked about, but I love starting with the love and fear. That's very pivotal opposites. Mm -hmm. Because when we're in love, we essentially are in acceptance. We're flexible. We're authentic. um, We're honest. All of those come together when we, like, are practicing love. And when we're in fear, we're essentially in the ego-driven state. We're, you know, in a state of um, rigidity um, and intolerance and being very closed. So those are not um, principles that you probably just even think about people around you when they, like, are behaving from uh, a closed, rigid stance. How much fun is it to be around them? It's really not, and that's one of the things that I've uh, worked on very hard in my adult life is to not take that negativity from other people and send it back to them, right? Because we're just a reflection, Mm -hmm. a mirror to everybody else. So it's one of those things where if someone's having a really bad day, it's really easy to just, they're reacting to you, uh, to just react back. And, you know, it's just they push Mm -hmm. you opposite and equal force. Uh But to really, if you're aware and conscious what you're saying, and then we really kind of make our own... Reality. So if we're in there interacting with people that are coming and throwing at us all of this excitement, negativity, whatever they're kind of dealing with in their unconscious state, we, if we are conscious, need to keep that level head and just not bite. You know, when someone kind of instigates you and you just want to instigate back, just take that moment, <laughs> breathe, and do what you're going to tell us what we should be doing instead. <laughs> well, in that moment, if we can just see their pain... Because um, I know that I've behaved in ways that I'm not so thrilled with, and it usually comes from a time when I'm afraid or in pain or in some other distressed state. Um, that's not a state state of peace and harmony. 
So having compassion at that moment and seeing that whatever somebody else says or does isn't about you. It's about them. And so not taking it personally is so, so important. This is a really basic concept of learning how to not take something personally. So when I do work with people, that's one of the things that a lot of people have a hard time, like really understanding that concept. You know, somebody said, you know, oh, you're ugly or something like that. They say, oh, you know, this about me, right? And they look in the Mm -hmm. mirror and they do all sorts of things. And it's not about that person. It's about whoever said it. And so um, we have a hard time really allowing ourselves to see that whatever somebody says is a reflection of what's going on for them. That's their experience. And I would have compassion for somebody who was having the experience of seeing me as ugly. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Sort of like, too bad for them. (laughs) And this point that you're making, it's definitely relevant in all times, but this has really been something that has helped me in my professional career. I'm actually a change agent consultant. I love being in um, environments where people are pretty stressed. And Mm -hmm. so one of the things that's really helpful is once you kind of master this, and of course you're constantly being tested, but one of the Mm -hmm. things is really when you're in an environment where things are pretty stressful, things are being said, and again, they're just in that mode of, operating without really being fully aware and conscious of the interactions that they're creating from their perspective. They're just kind of reacting out of what we're saying, the fear, the stress, the overwhelm. And so it's really if you're able to separate from that and just remain consistent with what you know you're trying to get your message across and get focused, the conversation is just amazingly productive and it immediately shifts. So if it's just the beginnings, if someone reacts to you and you react back very calmly, they will change and meet you. They will meet you at your level. So it's, if you can engage and just stop that first beginning, that's like the pivotal mm-hmm. time for me. That's what I've noticed. Right. And it's not even just calmly, but lovingly. Yes. Um, because, um, once there's compassion there, like a certain way of like, Somebody doesn't, I mean, this isn't 100%. Sometimes people will just keep going, even if you're loving, compassionate, calm. But it's more likely that they will, like, just go, ah, you know, and allow themselves to be more flexible, to be more open, and to move out of that closed, rigid place. Agreed, agreed. Fantastic. So we touched on love versus fear, and I know you have so many of these. So um, could we talk on another one? Sure. Sure. There's um, one of the big ones is gratitude. Um, that uh, we walk around the world taking it for granted, especially here in America. We have so much, especially material stuff, and we actually think we deserve it all. And if something sort of goes quote unquote wrong, as we see it, it's not wrong. It's just how it is. Then we. Um, can become very infuriated, self-righteous, indignant, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So we expect our cars to work. We expect um, that um, the train will run on time or whatever the thing is. And so that gratitude is sort of like we expect our bodies to work perfectly all the time, no matter how we treat them. Yes, that would be perfect. (laughs) I would love that. (laughs) And so... Coming to a place of gratitude is acknowledging 
all the abundance in our life in any given moment. We couldn't possibly even like name all the abundance in any given moment. And so, and we just take it for granted. And so it would be pretty hard for us to be granted and grateful for every single thing. It would be impossible. We couldn't get through like a minute without it, you know, trying to get through all the gratitude. I'm so grateful that there's oxygen. I'm so grateful for whatever. But even if we increase our gratitude to just waking up in the morning and allowing ourselves to be grateful and going over some very specific things, not just the, the tried and true ones. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for, you know, my health. It's more like you could even look at your finger and just say, oh, I'm so grateful that my, you know, my index finger works. I'm grateful yes. for, you know, just all the abundance that the, the color of the light this morning, you know, whatever it is. It is. And I love that you bring this up because that's actually one thing that I have learned through all the things that I've been trying is that I really like to start my day and I can tell when I don't with really just when you wake up in the morning before you even get out of bed, just Mm -hmm. think of things you're grateful for. And again, what you're saying, it doesn't have to be the big things. It can be the silliest things. It can be that my dog's greeting me with his little cute nose or, you know, it could be that I see it's a sunny day or, oh my gosh, I just bought a new outfit yesterday. I can't wait to wear it and look so good in it today. I mean, it can be anything silly. It can be anything really important. So that is something that I really would suggest for anyone out there. If you start your day just with being grateful, it really gets you off on a really positive step. And it's really, uh, I think it's rewarding. Just try it. It's so easy. It doesn't cost anything, and you'll be amazed at the quick results you get. (laughs) And it doesn't take a lot of time. Yes. Also, I would suggest doing it at the end of the day as well. So end your day with gratitude. I think we're about here to come into a break, so I just want to stop you there. I mean, we can definitely, ending your day with gratitude, yes, that's actually where I do my meditation. I do 15 minutes actually in the morning and then 15 minutes before bed, sometimes other, but that's literally where I like to at least have bookends at the beginning and at the end of my day. I definitely have some meditation. It just really helps me open and close my day. It's just a good ritual I have, so. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Excellent. I, I do love it. Um, and when we come back, I'd like to start touching on your other program offering, The Art of Conscious okay. Language. All right. Yeah. This program is sponsored by ilovenature.com. Do you love sustainability? Do you love getting to the point? Sustainability is thoughtful, planned utilization of the Earth's resources for the betterment of humanity. Sustainability awareness is crucial to the Earth and to humanity's continued long-term existence. We all need to participate. This is a global issue that impacts each of us locally. Visit ilovenature.com. Respect yourself, the Earth, and humanity. That's E-Y-E, lovenature.com. I Love Nature supports sustainability, and that begins with self-love and self-care. Take a moment and ask yourself, do you often feel your batteries need to be recharged? Do you regularly wish for more time in the day to tackle everything on your to-do list? Are you continually delaying personal vacation planning? It's time to reclaim your life's purpose. Break out of your rut. Visit ilovenature.com. Get out and enjoy nature and some physical exercise. That's eyelovenature.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
are tuned in to Stewardship Through Respect with Holly Wells. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to respect at ilovenature.com. That's respect at eyelovenature.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Stewardship Through Respect. Our guest today is Louise Finlayson, and she is here talking about her program, which is the Art of Conscious Language. And this is just really um, art thinking about conscious ways that we communicate with one another. We were earlier discussing it's really good to realize and be aware of your actions and your reactions to someone. So right now, we're actually going to delve a little bit deeper and in a little twist to this conversation and actually talk about the language. So I know we talked earlier and you had some great examples, and I think that's a great way to jump into this discussion. Take it, Louise. Okay. Um, it actually is broader than language. It's actually communication in all realms, but language yes. is a big part of that, and that's one of the simplest ways to move into conscious living in an odd way because what we think is really hugely, like, it, it, it creates our reality. And so when we say something, we hear what we say and we believe what we say. So it's important to be very conscious of how we're talking, not very, but to be conscious of how we're talking and to be aware of that. So one of the things, one of the spiritual principles that we were talking about spiritual principles before is the idea of accepting reality exactly the way it is. Mm, that is hard sometimes. <laughs> yeah, right. We want it. We want to negotiate with it, right? We, mm-hmm. we resist it, or we want to cling to a moment, and we don't want to go to the next moment. You know, we we have all sorts of like ways of trying to dodge reality exactly the way it is. We go into making up stories and fantasies and what ifs, if onlys, and so. All of that keeps us captive, and so the idea of like freedom, which is freedom is in the moment. It's not anywhere else. So in order to be free, it's important for us to be in the moment, and also to be um, in ownership of ourselves. So one of the ways that we move out of ownership is to um, look at, use captivity language. And I, I'm sure most everyone can relate to this. I've done it many times myself, which is like, oh, she made me so mad. <laughs> okay, so now that person has power and control, and now we're the victim, and we don't have ownership of our emotions. That other mm-hmm. person is in charge. Or um, I need to um, go to the grocery store. And this could be said in, a, in an exasperated tone. Oh, I have to go to the grocery store or I need to or whatever. And so that is like when I hear something like that, even myself saying it, I see what an absurd statement that is. <laughs> what an incredible privilege it is to go to the grocery store. But we could make ourselves captive and make it seem like we're the victim and we have to go do this horrible thing. When in fact... Most people on the face of this planet would give their eye teeth to to be able to go to one of our grocery stores and choose from the bounty on the shelves of safe and um, delicious food and go home and and be able to prepare it. 
And so this horrible have-to is really this incredible, incredible privilege. But if we're not conscious, we go into captivity and we're like, oh, I don't have choice here. Well, we don't ever have to go to the grocery store. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And if we took all the grocery stores away, imagine how we would feel. (laughs) Yes. Then we would have to search for our food and forage. Then you might be (laughs) able to complain a little more about that. But um, yes, I totally get your point. We do have, I mean, you go to the grocery store now, talk about distraction. There's so much marketing going on in there as well. Um, But yes. And so the idea of, like, being aware when we make ourselves victim, and um, there's so many clever ways that we do it. Um, So, you know, the weather is, you know, uh, has put me in a bad mood. Uh, You know, well, we can make somebody else in charge of us. We can make, you know, some inanimate object in charge of us. You know, it's all sorts of things. We can say that that's what... That's why I am where I am versus, oh, I'm, you know, feeling like I'm in a bad mood. Yes. That's that's me. That's what I'm doing right now, and I have a choice. I could say stay in that mood, or I could develop a more positive view of things, move into gratitude, move into a contemplative practice, or... um, See, just come back to reality exactly the way it is because there's nothing wrong in any given moment. Yes, yeah, speaking only of our cont- labeling of it. Mm-hmm. In your contemplative mode, do you have, and I, there's so many ways people ask me because I'm pretty new to meditation myself. I really um, love being out in nature. That's what's always really kind of, I go for a run outside or go for a walk or just enjoy the beautiful view. But actually meditating is something I've only just started doing in the last few years. And people, once they realize you do meditate, they often want to ask you how you do it because it seems like something that's so foreign and it's something so new. And it's really not. Anytime you're really just calm, thinking, you know, quietly, that is a form of meditation. But I'm just curious if you have any for people that don't meditate yet, any kind of tips for them or things to start them out? Mm-hmm. Well, I tend to encourage people who aren't meditators, especially if they've got a particularly sort of antsy sort of way of being and or a very chatty mind, is to start with something like a walking meditation. Mm-hmm. And so to just be, um, it, it's great if you can get outside and be barefoot if the weather permits and you're in a place that that would be a safe thing to do. Um, and if you're in nature, all the better. But mm-hmm. to be able to, wherever you are, you can do it inside, you can do it anywhere, and that is to walk slowly, intentionally, and your mind will it's going to go to, first it will try to think all sorts of thoughts, and it will also want to tell stories about everything that you pass. Mm-hmm. So rather than um, get attached to any of those stories, just label the thing. So say if you're going by a tree, and you might want to say, oh, is that an ash tree, or is that an elm tree, or, you know, that's a pretty tree, that's an ugly tree, you know, whatever, right? And we get into all sorts of stories. And so... Just to be able to, if we pass, if we, our mind begins to attach to the tree, we just say tree, and we keep going. And then we might pass a stone, and not a, a big round boulder or a little teeny pebble. It's sort of like pebble, stone, 
boulder, whatever it is, that's all. We just go go on. So gotcha. You're just helping to, don't, yeah, you're, you're quieting yeah. your mind chatter. I have that yeah. problem myself. I'm actually, um, I'm getting much better, but I would really suffer from insomnia. Part of that was really helpful because I would get a lot done because I wouldn't sleep, <laughs> but probably not good for my physical state of body and mind. Uh-huh. But I, right. um, I did go through once I really got over shutting off my mind chatter. It was mm-hmm. almost the opposite. I would find myself falling asleep all the time and it was so new to me I felt like I was narcoleptic because I never had this ability to fall asleep effortlessly before so uh-huh. um, yes mind chatter to me is a big one so continue yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you well for you know for modern citizens of the modern world I mean we are just bombarded with stimuli and so the idea of being able to find a way to calm the nervous system and the mind is never been more important mm-hmm. because of this over busy world we live in and so um, walking meditation is helpful because it helps us like not be sitting there in the whole like wiggly thing and you know I think more advanced people who are you know doing well with the walking meditation can then move to a more seated meditation or whatever there's lots of different ways but that that's a good beginner kind of a meditation. I love it. And I think that in this today, we don't even realize how many messages are coming in, you know, to mm-hmm. be honest. So it's one of those things, once you become aware of what you're receiving and how it's impacting you, then you yeah. really notice how much we are just advertised to all over the place in all various mm-hmm. forms. And it's, 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 it's very laughable once you do understand it. But mm-hmm. those of you, if you're not quite there yet, you're, you might be getting led astray or very directed and you don't even understand mm-hmm. why you're constantly being misdirected off what you think your priorities were. You start out very focused and next thing you know, you're mm-hmm. somewhere else very much completely different. And again, it's just <laughs> because you're kind of, <laughs> yes, it's, it's easy to happen. Because- there. <laughs> <laughs> there are, I, I have to admit. Yes, I love bright, shiny objects myself. But, and so that's why it's very something I've had to work on consciously is, you know, what are your priorities? It's, it's being grounded is a key point. I love where you mentioned going out and walking in nature that literally, you know, grounding, once you really become aware of it, especially barefooted, you, I can actually feel when I'm touching the earth, I, I feel like a mutual synergy like when you're touching a human you can actually feel them i feel that when i connect to nature that's why to me it is so critical so i live in a chicago it's a very busy city there's lots of sidewalks but thank god there's so many beautiful parks so i'm certain that wherever anyone is even if you don't have actual nature pictures of nature work you know so anything that you find that inspires you and relaxes you is a great way to get into a meditation you know visually look at that until you close your eyes and then just you know your mental image will still be on that it's something that is calming to you and I think that's helpful for me, a good way to you know, get into meditation as well. Exactly. Another thing that I think is really helpful in the um, modern world is to unplug. Oh, you yes. take time where you turn off all screens. So phone goes off, computer goes off, television goes off, essentially you're unplugged from all, like, stimulating devices. 
Now, this one is really easy for me to do because I'm uh, actually more of an introvert. So me getting away, stepping away from the phone, stepping away from all the social media, stepping away from all that to me is not something I have to work at. It works really easy for me. So I don't have that problem, but I know some people do. It is, it's really their connection. They feel... Um, just energized by that so that that this what you're recommending for some people they think is a crazy suggestion but i i love it um continue <laughs> yeah a lot of people panic when if i give a retreat when i'm giving the deep going retreats i ask participants to unplug they don't have to they can do whatever they want but i ask them if they want to get the most out of it to unplug and sometimes it's up to seven days and you know, you can see the panic go, go over some people's faces of like, oh, no, no, I couldn't possibly do that. <laughs> and um, so, and then at the end, they report if they do it, you know, what what a gift it was for them to, to do that. That is exactly what I was going to ask, is that you, if you really got feedback from anyone after they did it, and then they just realized, oh, just the release of what it got yeah. them to do to focus on things. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. We're about to come up on our second commercial, so I do want to um, make you aware of that. Okay. But um, this is really good. I love where we're going. And when we come back, I would like to really talk about, just feature real quickly before we get into some more um, actual practical steps to implement, I want to go ahead and have you talk about your program that you're offering. You sent me that you have one coming up in Honduras. That is fantastic. Mm -hmm. So I would love for you to just talk a little bit about that um, when we return. Okay, sounds great. I Love Nature supports sustainability, and that begins with self-love and self-care. Take a moment and ask yourself, do you often feel your batteries need to be recharged? Do you regularly wish for more time in the day to tackle everything on your to-do list? Are you continually delaying personal vacation planning? It's time to reclaim your life's purpose. Break out of your rut. Visit ilovenature.com. Get out and enjoy nature and some physical exercise. That's EYELoveNature.com. This program is sponsored by ILoveNature.com. Do you love sustainability? Do you love getting to the point? Sustainability is thoughtful, planned utilization of the Earth's resources for the betterment of humanity. Sustainability awareness is crucial to the Earth and to humanity's continued long-term existence. We all need to participate. This is a global issue that impacts each of us locally. Visit ILoveNature.com. Respect yourself, the Earth, and humanity. That's E-Y-E-LoveNature.com. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are tuned in to Stewardship Through Respect with Holly Wells. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to respect at ilovenature.com. That's respect at eyelovenature.com. Now back to this week's program. Hello and welcome back. Today our guest is Louise Finlayson and we are talking with her about her 
retreat and workshop program, which is called the Art of Conscious Language. And I, sorry, Art of Conscious Communication. Previously, I did say language. So um, we're going to touch here about uh, the offering that Louise has here coming up. She has a holiday retreat and also a package that entails going to Honduras for a week. So that sounds fantastic, mm-hmm. personally. So I'll let you talk about that. And then really, once we're done, I would love you to talk about some uh, conscious communication that's not actually language. Okay. Um, well, I'd love to talk about the the Honduras retreat because that is a seven-day retreat, which is very deep going. And this is one that people unplug in. And it's really a profound transformational experience. And it's a small um, group setting, very supportive. And we play and we work. And um, this is one that's uh, the Art of Conscious Living. And Roatan is this gorgeous um, tropical island. I'm giving it in March um, 11th through the 18th. And... Very, uh, very profound. The people from the, I gave it this year and then giving it again coming in 2017, like I said. And they're still very connected as a community and have had profound life changes from that. So I'm very excited. And um, I am giving a um, one-day workshop um, on the Art of Conscious Holidays because so many of us end up um, really not feeling the meaning of holidays and feeling stressed and overloaded and or feeling left out or whatever the thing is. And so I'd like for um, to help people to move to become more conscious about how they plan their holidays and create meaning for their holidays. One of yes. the spiritual principles that, you know, are, are tools that we have available to us that in our culture we do very little of is ritual. And um, so creating meaningful rituals, a lot of the rituals from the past maybe don't work so well for us anymore. And so creating our own rituals that have meaning and so that they come alive and really have some vibrancy to them. Yes, and rituals can be very simple. I know people before you think that word, it has a lot of connotations to people, but rituals doesn't have to be uh, anything elaborate. It doesn't have to be anything costly. It's just something that has meaning and will move you into that sacred space to do what you're saying, really internalize. And I've just started doing some of these retreats, and I recommend them to anyone out there that um, is contemplating it and hasn't had the advantage of going away on a retreat for personal growth or even just some downtime away, I would really recommend it because, wow, talk about just really inner growth. It's, you know, you're busy and it's great to be that person. I am one that workaholics is constantly doing things and moving on to something, getting the next thing done. Mm -hmm. But when you can unplug and take time away and really that's where some deep growth can happen and it it, it Mm -hmm. inspires me and shocks me every time. I've just come back feeling energized, focused, just so fresh. Mm-hmm. So it's really, even if you can't get away for a full week and join uh, Louise in Honduras, which I do recommend, um, just definitely take some time for yourself to just have some downtime and create your own ritual space. So I love where you're going. If you can kind of touch on this topic, that would be fantastic. Well, like you say, rituals um, are things that humans have been using forever. 
and you can look at, um, you know, basic, any culture, primitive culture, they all have the rituals. And you know, we have our rituals, but I think that a lot of our rituals have become less meaningful over time because we really haven't continued to infuse them. They've become materialistic and um, sort of a lot of times we're going by going through them by rote. We don't really connect to the original meaning of them or connect, create a meaning for the, uh, for them for ourselves. And so um, it could even just be lighting a candle. You know, <laughs> like Holly said, it doesn't have to be super elaborate. But lighting a candle isn't important if there's no meaning behind it. Why are you? What would be the meaning of lighting that candle? What does it mean to you? And so coming to, like, whether you say this, lighting this candle is a representation of um, creating light in my heart and light in the universe and spreading light and moving, you know, away from darkness and fear and toward mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. That's a completely different lighting of the candle than where's the matches? Okay, let's light the candle. Yes. So. And smells, I know essential oils are fantastic, things that awaken our senses in a way that is so deeply rooted, it's unconscious, we don't even realize it. I know I've yep. started using those, and again, I love those in my meditation practice that really helps put on a little essential oil of the day, that mm-hmm. whatever you sent, you're feeling compelled to try that day, but it immediately will pull you away from, again, whatever's going on, for me at least, and it just brings me, and it centers me, and again, it's just, it's a ritual. Yes, and it can, you know, be around senses, and it can also be about the basic elements, you know, water, air, fire, you know, those are all very um, basic kinds of um, things to begin to look at and say, you know, we don't really look at nature that way in most of the the time work, you know, in a very... um, industrialized environment, you know, everything's been um, manufactured in some way versus being in a real natural environment. So getting back to nature can be a really helpful way of bringing nature into your ritual. Yes. Um, whether it's having a sea, you know, seashell that you, you know, touch or some people like crystals. There's, there's very many ways to come to a really um, more basic way of connecting to energy and to your internal self. Yes, and it reminds me of one of the founding principles I always had in mind when I was find, you know, creating the I Love Nature. Mm-hmm. And to me, in addition to karma we mentioned earlier, it's the circle of life. That's where I just mm-hmm. think of you know us and nature. We are just one, and there is this connection and that's where we just realize as we pollute and we put these chemicals out there and everything we do, we're like, oh, we're the humans. We can make what we would like. And it's true. We can do those things. But should we be? You know, so it's one of those things of like taking our higher mind and like thinking from that perspective. We can do a lot of things. But what should right. we be doing? <laughs> exactly. Right. Rightful action or right action, it's called. And this idea of like really looking at our action and not just saying, well, if I can do it, I'll do it. Is, is this the right action? Is this what kind of outcome is this going to have? What's the impact? Now we can't know 100%. We can only do the best we can. But if we just like act impulsively all the time, we don't know what impact we're we're creating. We're not even trying to think about it. It's true. So the idea of really 
thinking about, well, what are the consequences if I do this? What are the consequences? And allowing that to be more um, conscious, more in the front of our minds, lets us do things like, instead of like, well, it's easy to throw our wrapping, you know, wrapper out the window. Yes. Uh, right? That would be easy. Keeps your car clean, whatever. <laughs> and, um, but if you really, you know, then slow down and say, oh, that's not right action. Because if I throw it out the window, now that street is like got litter on it. Mm-hmm. And so that really seeing that just because it might be easy or feel like, um, like expedient for you, it's not necessarily the thing that we want to go toward. Correct. And going toward really brings me to the uh, law of attraction. We've spoken yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things that I hear a lot of people come to me with this thought of like law of attraction, and I just sort of, they sort of like they see it as a wish list, you know, sort of like I wish for this and now it's just going to show up. And if all I have to do is just say, I want that and it's going to show up. Sure. And so, you know, well, maybe, but, you know, really, you know, if we think about it, the law of attraction essentially is saying that what we focus our attention on grows stronger in our lives. And so, say, if one of the things we're focusing our attention on, like, oh, I'm so frustrated with my husband. Yes, let's, let's say that's the thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, what do you think that does for the relationship and for how you feel about your husband? <laughs> Not so great because you're just focusing on this notion of frustration. Mm-hmm. And so if you focus on all the things that, say, that your husband does that you find annoying, then you will continue to compile a list. Now, if you uh, did the other... Uh, sort of the opposite, and said, I'm going to like just notice all the things I, that my husband does that I love. You that know, sounds a lot the, more productive, yes. Yeah, <laughs> and just focused on that, all of a sudden you might find yourself falling back in love with your husband if you're not feeling so loving. Mm-hmm. And um, so the law of attraction is about really focusing on what you want, and then also taking the action steps to, like, create that, you know, make it much more likely that that shows up. Yes, and when we're talking, yes, earlier you mentioned that we're often living in the past or in the future, and Mm -hmm. so focusing on the now moment is really what we need to do. Right. And and saying, if I want love, am I being loving? Mm -hmm. If I want... um, to have a clean environment, am I behaving in a way that's going to like promote you know um, really clean and healthy environment for everyone? And so we can easily focus on pollution, and that's what ends up being on our mind versus like really burdened, wonderful nature or something like that. Mm-hmm. So. Inviting that, but then what are the action steps that I'm going to take to increase, like, the, um, like, improve the environment, to make the environment really much more what I want it to be? 
Yes, so you're combining your thoughts and your desires with your earlier, where you told us to take ownership. So we're taking ownership of our thoughts, we're taking ownership Mm -hmm. of our actions. They go Mm -hmm. together hand in hand, and then through karma and the law of attraction, what Mm -hmm. we're doing and saying and putting out there, that energy comes back to us. And then we live in the environment, a loving husband, a beautiful, pristine environment around us. That sounds like a great place for me. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. Absolutely, and so that's we do create our own reality, and a lot of times we're just so not aware of like what we're creating. You know, we may be grumping around and saying what we don't have, or what how somebody did something to us, or you know how people are so inconsiderate, or you know, look at those jerks who are like you know polluting the world. Yes. And the, another spiritual principle here is minding our own business. Mm, yes, you got cut off, but I love where you yep, were going. Yep. Minding our oh, own I, business. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're so easy to point a finger at somebody else and look at those jerks are doing this and this. But what if we all cleaned up our own act? What if we all behaved lovingly? What if we all tried to... Um, uh, behave in a way that help promote love, peace, harmony, connection, collaboration. Yes, yeah, all of that. And so it it all starts with ourselves. And so if we're busy being angry at somebody else, we're creating negative energy instead of saying, "Okay." That person is behaving in a way that doesn't really further things the way I want them. What do I want to do about that? Right? Is there a Mm -hmm. way that I can, like, maybe engage with that person or whatever and say, you know what? I'm guessing that you would like to have your children be able to breathe and whatever. How How can we come to some agreement? But going into anything from a place of negativity, separation, um, is going to result in war. And we have enough war. Yes, we do. So how do we create peace? And how do we first look in the mirror and look at ourselves and say, that person is behaving, you know, in a way sometimes that I behave. They're being unconscious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I get into judgment, I'm being unconscious. Yes. I think we're ready to take our last break here. So we'll okay. be right back in Minding Our Own Business. I really like that last segment. Thank you. You're welcome. This program is sponsored by ilovenature.com. Do you love sustainability? Do you love getting to the point? Sustainability is thoughtful, planned utilization of the Earth's resources for the betterment of humanity. Sustainability awareness is crucial to the Earth and to humanity's continued long-term existence. We all need to participate. This is a global issue that impacts each of us locally. Visit ilovenature.com. Respect yourself, the Earth, and humanity. That's E-Y-E, lovenature.com. I Love Nature supports sustainability, and that begins with self-love and self-care. 
take a moment and ask yourself, do you often feel your batteries need to be recharged? Do you regularly wish for more time in the day to tackle everything on your to-do list? Are you continually delaying personal vacation planning? It's time to reclaim your life's purpose. Break out of your rut. Visit ilovenature.com. Get out and enjoy nature and some physical exercise. That's eyelovenature.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. tuned in to stewardship through respect with holly wells if you have a question or comment about our show please send an email to respect at ilovenature.com that's respect at eyelovenature.com now back to this week's program Welcome. And today's guest, again, is Louise Finlinson. And we are here and we are talking about the art of conscious living and particularly the art of conscious communication. And I had mentioned earlier um, the art of conscious language. And you had corrected me that there are other ways we communicate besides language. And we didn't yet really tough on So um, go down further in that topic. Well, um, some people say that as much as 90% of communication is nonverbal. I don't, you know, I don't really think that's true, and there's been a lot of dispute about that. But it's true that a lot of communication is nonverbal. And so language is important, and it really helps change our thoughts. But also the other ways that we um, connect can be um, eye contact, um, how we hold our body, whether we're holding our body in an open uh, stance or a closed stance, um, whether or not we um, are listening. And listening is a a particular skill. Um, Because I'm a clinical psychologist, I'm a pretty expert listener. Mm -hmm. And um, I've noticed that um, our uh, listening seems to be going down every decade, it seems that there's less and less um, people are less and less willing to really truly listen. Often what I notice is people are just sort of waiting for their turn to talk. That's so true. And there's even communication forms out there that are really meant to be one-sided. I mean, Twitter, uh, things like that. I understand it is a way to communicate. Again, that it's awesome that we can spread messages quickly. There's a benefit to everything. But the shadow side of that is that we just, a lot of people hide behind that. And the things they say is just reprehensible because you wouldn't say that to a live person if they're standing in front of you. But they feel like this... um, Shield, which I guess is not a good mm-hmm. thing as well, but they're even bolder with the, some of the things that come across there that it's just, wow. And so one of the things that I encourage people in my workshops when we're doing different exercises and uh, working on these skills is to first look at what is your goal. And if your goal is to get your point across, then you're sort of a little bit off base. That's like an okay point, but if it's not, if connection isn't a part of things, then essentially that there's a, a, a problem with it, you know, that there's a sense that it's not mutual, there's not a sense that communication has like two people or more than two people involved. 
And I can feel the difference when you're in a conversation that is actually connecting. It just feels deeper. I mean, you just seem to be more involved. And I think what you get out of it is just way more of a deep philosophical discussion, even just better brainstorming because people aren't um, filtering what they're saying. They're just really coming from an open place of trust because they believe that anything they're saying, they're just openly sharing. So I think any product that you get, especially if it's in work or if it's something you're struggling with personally and you're sharing, really too, it's hard you know, to let down those guards. We've all kind of put those walls up, but um, I, you, you really have to work on this. It's something I've had to work on is just really being open and to your point, listening because yes, talking and not, not having the other person listen, you might walk away thinking that meeting went fantastic. Right. But if you looked around <laughs> at some people's body language, were they listening? Did they have their arms folded? Were they leaning forward, leaning back? To your point of communication, not always being language. So, yes. Yeah. And so one of the basic um, keys to, uh, in my view, conscious communication is curiosity. Mm-hmm. So instead of reacting or responding immediately to somebody else, I mean, sometimes that just, you know, in day-to-day business, that's, you know, okay. But when we're really trying to communicate, being curious means really wanting to understand what that other person is meaning. Because we listen to words and then we put our own meaning on it. And so the more curious we can be, the more we can truly understand the other person and it diminishes the amount that we project onto that other person. So if we, you know, somebody says, well, I think that we should close the other stores or whatever, you know, they're making a business decision. And so... Somebody listening says, oh, that person doesn't care about all the employees or something like that. And so if you're not curious, you wouldn't really know any further. You would just have made a judgment about somebody without really understanding what is it that they're thinking and why does that seem like a a good action from their point of view. Mm -hmm. And so once we go to curiosity then we can say, you know, be able to, if we can listen with compassion, and then say, okay, that's an interesting point of view. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing what you're seeing, and this is what I want to contribute. This is what I'm thinking. And so it's not, you're wrong, I'm right. This is, your point of view is the wrong point of view, and here I'm going to do, mine is just a different point of view. And so being able to see differences is not a problem or threatening. It's sort of like, okay, well, what is our ultimate goal? And then how do we get to that? Yes, and judgment is so hard, though, especially when it comes so naturally to some of us that, um, yes, where you're going is very true. So, so much of our communication breaks down because we project, make assumptions, and um, essentially think in separation terms versus unity. We don't see ourselves as connected to the other person necessarily and that maybe we can find some common goals and that from that place is where the best action is going to come from. I agree. So um, when... um, Go ahead. I was just, where you were going was reminding me, we had talked earlier about the circle of life, and really, you'd mentioned when we were talking before the program even, that the whole point of the consciousness is when you are conscious, 
that's when you realize the connection between people and nature, humanity, nature. And that's where I said, of course, that's why you were my first guest on the show. I know that we have this fundamental just underlying concept. So as we wrap up, if you wanted to just touch on that aspect of your program. Well, the idea that um, uh, I'm sure people have heard of the butterfly theory and that idea that like all things from that connectedness is that if a butterfly takes off in South America or whatever this theory is, that it ripples the whole universe ultimately. It ripples through the whole universe. So we urge around in our current life and um, take such quick action and such big action. And so part of um, being more spiritual is quieting down, going slower, um, being more simple in our lifestyle mm-hmm. and doing less in the sense of like this busy, busy, busyness is not helpful to really being conscious. Right, and there's not even concern sometimes or forethought of the outcome of what our actions are. And to your point, that's where we can do these sometimes horrible acts because we're not thinking of the result of our actions. We're just so busy right. doing that we're not actually taking a moment out to think of our actions before taking them. Right, and or we're trying to meet a deadline, so that's just, you know, we'll just get that done and that's off the to-do list. And now let's go to the next thing on the to-do list. Versus, okay, what if we slowed things down and we looked at more simplicity and we looked at how to be moderate, you know, not to be extreme in our things. And, you know, we're sort of a culture of extremes in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So um, extreme um, consumption right now and extreme use of resources. So um, being able to see that um, moving towards simplicity and moving toward a um, more integrated uh, with nature kind of life is going to help increase our sense of spiritual connectedness. I agree. And I thank you for your time today. We're about wrapping up. I'd like to leave us with a quote I have here from Walt. Ralph Waldo Emerson, the poet and philosopher, and he says, to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. (laughs) That's a good one. I do like it. And a follow-up that I also appreciate is the only way to have a friend is to be one. Yes. So I think those are very good closing thoughts. I love quotes. I love inspirational affirmations. I mean, there's so much going on, starting your day with gratitude, ending it with gratitude, taking time to go out and get grounded and to just feel connected. Think of your language, all the things I'm just thinking of we've touched on today before you speak, just being aware and conscious of your interaction and not just what you do, but how it impacts the person that you're looking at. So I thank you for joining me today. Well, you're welcome, and I've had such a good time. Thanks so much, Holly. Me too. We'll definitely keep in touch, as always. I wish you the best on your retreat in Honduras. This is going to be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. So um, if anyone wants to look at my website, um, they can see all the details. And the people from last year are still getting together. It really formed quite a community. Fantastic. And we'll have a link to that. So I will send out links to your um, 
upcoming program. And again, I appreciate your time today and join us next week. Stewardship through respect. Thank you for listening to Stewardship Through Respect. Please join your host, Holly Wells, again for another edition next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll have more to talk about next week. Have a good weekend.